Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Drivers, start your engines! Hit the pace car! What for? Because you hit every other damn thing out there, I want you to be perfect! When I'm driving, I got a guy on the radio who talks to me. It's him. He talks to me. He didn't slam you, he didn't bump you, he didn't nudge you, he rubbed you, and rubbing son is racing. Alright, good evening race fans, welcome to the Hoobazoo Radio Network, and welcome to the Drafting the Circuits program. My name is Frank Santoroski, I'll be your host for the next hour as we go over, over everything racing. Joining me tonight as always, Mr. Gray Warren, Seth Eggert, and Richard Uden. Fellas, how we doing? Terrific. Alright. Good to talk to you all. Um, knocking out the headlines real quick. Uh, IndyCar had wrapped up their season. Uh, Joseph Newgarden wins his second title. Uh, young Colton Herna, Herta wins the race, his second on the season. Um, in NASCAR, Martin Truex goes two for two in the um, playoffs. You know, I still want to call it the chase, but in the playoffs. And then Ferrari goes three in a row with Sebastian Vettel winning uh, this round here in, at uh, Yas Marina. So uh, let's... Uh, before we talk about all that, we've got a very special guest on the line with us. I've got a guy who's uh, got a very storied racing career. He started his career off early, uh, single-seaters, you know, won a bunch of races in the British Formula Ford Series, was an absolute standout in Trans Am racing. Uh, back in the 70s and 80s, he's ran the kart series. He's ran in IMSA. He's raced in the Indy 500. He's had some uh, races in NASCAR in both the Cup Series and the Truck Series. And most recently was crowned the um, Vintage Racer Champions uh, 2019 champion. Welcome to the show, Mr. Willie T. Ribs. All right. Thank you. All right. So, uh, pleasure to have you here again, sir. Um, I did want to uh, talk about the film um, recently made that uh, you've been out on the road promoting. Um, the film is called Uppity, uh, the Willie T. Ribs story. Now, this film was uh, produced and directed by... Uh, Nate Adams and Adam Carolla. Uh, Nate, who's known for making racing documentaries, and Adam Carolla, um, Hollywood personality, a noted car guy. Um, now, the film has been received quite well, from what I hear, um, at some of the screenings you've done. We're still a little ways off from a digital release, uh, although it is available for pre-order. Um, but I want to talk to you about the, um, the the impetus for getting the film project started. Was this something that uh, you know Corolla and Adams pitched to you, or something you pitched to them, or uh, were you guys just sitting around talking in one day and said, "Hey, let's make a movie"? Uh, it it the conversation started regarding the movie uh, 
about Paul Newman, uh, the racing life of Paul Newman. And I did, Paul was instrumental in my career. And uh, when I was interviewed uh, in the documentary regarding Newman, um, after it was over, they called me and said, you got a great story and uh, we we want to tell it. And that's how uh, it all started. And it went two years and it went with, uh, including Bernie Ecclestone, uh, um, Bobby Unser, Al Unser Jr., Caitlyn Jenner, uh, the list goes on uh, regarding the people who played a part in the film. So now, what was your involvement on the day-to-day process of making the film? Were you were like very involved in the the clips that were to be used for archival footage uh, or in the interviews, or or were you just kind of uh, hands off and let uh, like Nate do his magic? Well, they I I did a lot in the in the film in terms of uh, uh, dialogue and, and narration, and and sort of setting the, the scenes. Uh, regarding Bernie's part and regarding uh, different narratives in the film. Okay, so now you've uh, you've been on the road uh, with this a little bit. You've been doing Q and A sessions with uh, with both Nate and and uh, also with Adam. I mean, how's how's the film been received when you um you know what's what are the folks taking away from the film when they see that? What's is there kind of like an overwhelming um you know, a lot theme? of a lot of uh, a lot of uh, uh, Kleenex. <laughs> a lot of Kleenex. Uh, um, everybody, including Jay Leno, the scene it, they they just were wiping their eyes. And uh, the last screening we did was in Virginia last weekend, and about 200 people watched it, all racers. And Mark Dismore from IndyCar, who had that terrible crash at Indy in 1991, where he broke, where he damn near died. He watched the film, and he, he afterwards he says, I had no idea you were dealing with what you dealt with. And he was in tears. And that's been the general reaction. Grown men crying. The, the title of the film is Uppity, right, which is, uh, you know, according to the, the film style, a, a name you were called behind your back, and I'm sure that was connected to another racial slur. Um, but the fact that you've chosen this bit of an insult for the title, um, it only seems to that uh, you've taken strength in the in the um, adversity. Um, am I am I correct in in getting that feeling that that's why you chose that title? Well, that's what it was. That was the tag, and actually, I liked it. I liked that tag because, you know, I I I don't like anything that's easy. It does it doesn't turn me on. Oh, that turned me on. Give me all the opposite. You weren't going to kick my ass when we got out of the car. So you can say what you want behind my back. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it was a motivator, and I needed that. I mean, I knew my prowess on the racetrack, but those were distractions, and they were all meant to demoralize. Let's beat him down. Let's make him quit. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll crash and kill himself. That was all by design, and I haven't forgotten it, and I'm not going to let them forget it. So um, call me what you want, but uh, you better leave the N-word off. 
Because <laughs> uh, yeah. I know you don't want to eat dinner through a straw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Willie, man. you know, we 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 just several months back we we did the uh, Janet. We had Janet Guthrie's uh, producer for her for her film or for, or for her film that uh, uh, came out in spring. And you know, I haven't I haven't seen yours. I look forward to seeing yours, but I'm sure that you and Janet came along about the same time, and you both faced a lot of the same problems and issues trying to get your uh, racing career started. Uh, the you know a lack of proper funding uh, to match your talents um, and things like that you know and 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 both of you persevered and 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 had had uh, probably would have loved to have had better careers than than it, than it turned out but I tell you what I was a fan of yours when when you ran the Trans Am series and and you you drove for some some guys like Roush and Dan Gurney and and I think that. To me, that was you were in your wheelhouse in in, in that series and in, in in those days. You were you were actually well. The, the, the Janet came along before me. Yeah. And there was no, without question, it was proven that whatever team that I was uh, driving for, that was on par with the best team, I won. It wouldn't have mattered if it was IndyCar. Mm-hmm. I would have won in that as well. You've got to be. Uh, equal or better than the best teams. Yeah. Or you're not going to be competitive. Right. You got to have the, you got to have the, the same the, chances the and opportunities. Level. Yeah. Got to have right. same equi- equal equipment. Level. Yes, that's right. Right. But I thought I thought so, you were in you were in your wheelhouse in that Trans Am series because you drove. Well, for some I would really have been in the teams. wheelhouse in in anything well, oh, that sure. I drove. <laughs> oh sure, I'm not I'm not I'm not saying I'm just saying. So I, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be pigeonholed into one particular no. series oh he was great in trans am or he's great in trans or, or whatever series i ran and that included open wheel in england yeah uh that we were going to be competitive and we won well and, the uh, is, i think you got your best opportunities in trans am because you, oh, were, sure, in, sure. you were in equal equipment you were in the best sure. equipment and dude, that, that's right. that's probably how i should re- I phrase it. But let me ask you this too, you know, and, and, and of course that was back then. Do you ever think you, you came along probably uh, 20 years too early? It's funny. My mother used to say that. <laughs> she I said mean, that. And, and, but, you know, even, even now, not much has changed, uh, you know, uh, with a part, uh, aside from Lewis Hamilton, who's probably the best, well, not probably, he's the best in the world. Um, but that's in Europe mm-hmm. and the way I was treated in Europe was night and day difference the way I, uh, as opposed to me, my treatment here in the United States. Yeah. And so, um, in Europe, it's about how fast you can go, not how you look. That's mm-hmm. all they care about. And that was the difference. And it, I don't know if 20 years would have made a difference. My, you know, maybe it would have, but, uh, and Danica Patrick sort of, you know, Janet Guthrie was the queen, yes. hands down. She was then a pioneer. Came, uh, pardon me? She was a pioneer. Yeah, well, as far as, she, far as the, women, the women's movement in, in, in racing, yes. Exactly. So she came along and then Lynn St. James and then, and then, um, 
and then and then Danica and and right now if Danica dealt with what uh Janet Guthrie dealt with mm-hmm. it'd be national news it would be national news and it would be the 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 industry would be in big heap trouble if they dealt a Danica the mm-hmm. way uh, Janet was dealt. Yeah, I agree with you. It, it, oh, it certainly, was, yeah. It, it, now, yeah, as long as we're on this subject, I, you know, I've the. I mean, you uh, qualified for the uh, Indy 500 in 991, and that was a, a very seminal moment in 500 history. The, I mean, the image of you nearly leaping out of your car coming down the pit lane still uh, brings chills to my spine when I watch it today. But But it didn't really opened the floodgates. I mean, we had George Mack a decade later and still, you know, it's largely a, a white man's sport. And whenever I have this conversation with uh, with some folks of mine in, in, in the racing, know, I, I get this circular argument. And the argument is like, well, there aren't a lot of African Americans in racing because African Americans aren't interested in racing. And then the counter argument is yeah, they said the same thing ex- about golf. Ex- exactly. Yeah, but then they say <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah, re- yeah. the reason go, that, go, that, go, that yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the go, reason go that African, somebody else right, the reason African Americans <laughs> aren't interested in racing is because they they have no heroes that they can identify with. So, I mean, what are your, what are your thoughts on some of the oh, like NASCAR's Drive for Diversity program where they're actively trying to seek out young talent. Do you think that's that that's a worthwhile venture? Um, no, it's more like a drive not to look bad. Okay. That's all that is. I appreciate drive, that. <laughs> uh, to, to not look bad to the media and to major sponsors and to to put f- forth a, um, a uh, food stamp effort. Yeah. It's essentially it wind. Right. It, it, it's essentially window dressing. Yeah, exactly. It's, a, you, uh, it's like a Hollywood set, all mm-hmm. front, no rear. And what have they done it from from the inception of this drive for verse? Uh, you know, they got a couple of uh, shoeshine boys in there named Jadot and and Siegel, and all they're there to do is say yes, sir, boss, and no, sir, boss. And so uh, I uh, and I called him out on it. I called Siegel and Jadot out on it as a bunch of phonies and front men, and that's all they are, and that's all they were. Very quick question. So you think that you know the the guys that get through this program and eventually make it, you know, because I know some guys have gone through the diversity plan and made it to. to Cup racing and, and that sort of level. You think they'd make it anyway, even without that series available to them? Now, who made it? Uh, uh, George Wallace's uh, great grandson. Seth had a Seth had a couple of names out earlier for guys that have. Uh, uh, Kyle Larson, Eric Amarola, Flores. Who? Uh, Kyle Larson. I didn't know he was African American. No, he's not. No, he's but he's. A quarter Asian, I guess. So, but it's it's all you know what I mean. Yeah. So yeah, it's not it's not helping the cause of getting African Americans yeah. into races. Yeah, so. he won't he won't be confused with uh, Nipsey Russell. <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's move on to a different topic. I want to I want to talk to you about the I want to talk to you about the um, the SVRA series. 
um, because uh, you know a lot of uh, a lot of folks who don't watch a lot of vintage racing or do watch a lot of vintage vintage racing uh, have this thought of the, the vintage racing is just it's just a parade of, of of guys with their expensive toys. But this uh, the- Mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun with over eighty casino style games to choose from. You too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. SPRA and the um, the um, uh, the Race of Champions series. Man, you guys are going at it and, and there's some top names in there and uh, you've uh, not only won the Brickyard Challenge, uh, but you've won the overall championship, which includes uh, Brickyard, VIR, and uh, Road Atlanta. So talk to me a little bit about racing that Corvette and that series there. Well, Frank, I wasn't interested in, in vintage car racing at all. And my brother owns a Lotus Formula Junior vintage car, and he's been asking me to drive it for 10 years. And I told him, look, if I'm looking for a date, I'm not going to go to a rest home and f- <laughs> look for a woman. <laughs> and, and so I refused. Well, then I got uh, a call back in 2014 that they were going to start a vintage series with former champions. And initially it was the Indy legends. It was only Indy car drivers. And it started at Indy. And I said, you know, and I asked him who was involved. And I thought, you know what? It's, it would, it's sort of a blast from the past with, with uh, drivers who I used to race against. And it, it had some sizzle. It had some, uh, you know, it wasn't out racing just amateur guys who made a lot of money and, and got a, a new girlfriend 30 years younger in a pocket full of Viagra. I wasn't interested in, I was interested in, in racing with Al Jr. and, and, uh, Pappas and Tracy and all the guys that were in it. Well, then, uh, Tony Perella came up with a brilliant idea, him and Mark Dill about, uh, let's start the vintage race of champions and former champions from NASCAR and IndyCar. Uh, Bobby Labonte, who's an awesome guy. I mean, I love I love him. And mm-hmm. Todd Bodine and Mike Skinner and and IndyCar drivers Al Jr. and and uh, Davy Jones and Max Pappas and. That was the the beginning, and V-Rock, Vintage Race of Champions, was this is the first year. Uh, we kicked it off this year. Uh, we had a great year. I won Indy and then clinched a championship last Sunday in Virginia, or last Saturday. And, um, and we're all, you know, it's like old NFL players throwing on the, well, we're not putting on pads, but, you know, playing <laughs> flag football against each other. 
So are you going to try to run that again next year? It sounds like you guys had a great time, and I, I was at the uh, the vintage event, and just the atmosphere there was just just really fun. Well, it's it's, it's a great it, it's uh, the race at Indy, which was the very first uh, vintage uh, legends race, was 2014. Well, now it's become a happening event there, and uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun to get together and and talk old stories, and then go out and race. And I'm going to tell you, a racing champion is a racing champion. They never lose. That's their pedigree. Yeah. They might be older, right, a little heavier, a couple of steps <laughs> off, you know, like any like any athlete from any, any sport that is retired, but the intensity is still there to win. And the ask fans you. love it. Let me ask you another question, too. You know, obviously, the, the competitive juices still flow in you, and you're very competitive, and, and you want to win and, and, and get out there, too. You're also involved in, in competitive shooting. And uh, does that does that kind of fill some of the void, uh, you know, to, to, be, to get out and compete? Well, yeah, but I don't, you know, I'm a master shooter, but I'm not world-class like my son, Theo. Theo's one of the top shooters in the world. In fact, he just won a major up in Ohio three weeks ago, and there's 12 majors on the tour, and he won. He just won this last one. And um, yeah, I've always liked competing. I like for things that I like. I, mm-hmm. I don't spread myself thin. I have liked racing. Uh, my entire life, I like shooting. Uh, entire my entire life, and well, I like sex. Those are only three things. That's the only three things that I really cared about. <laughs> that I wanted to do good. There you go. I just got one thing coming out. Going back. Uh, going back to uh, V Rock real quick. Um, they just announced their schedule for next year. Uh, it's going to go to Auto Club Speedways, uh, Circuit of the Americas, Sebring, uh, Road Atlanta, Laguna Seca, among other tracks. Is there one in particular you're looking forward to, especially running the vintage cars around there? Well, Indy is numero uno. And for for to have to win Indy this year was to, it, it's almost surreal to win anything at Indy. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter what it is is a big deal because um, Indy is the place the me- on the planet. It's the mecca, yeah. And, uh, that's right. So to win that, I, I, that's one that you lay it all out online. And there was more drivers for Indy uh, than uh, and V Rock than than in all the other races because. It's such a prestigious event. However, uh, this year was three races. Next year will be four, and the fourth is my home state, my hometown, uh, and it will be here in Texas, in Austin. They're uh, just announced that Dakota will be the finale for next year's V-Rock Championship. And I can tell you, Mike Skinner, Labonte, uh, Bodine, they all, said uh, a couple of days ago they are coming <laughs> with uh coming <laughs> with a vengeance next year and it's 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 turned into a really um serious championship and and i like the intensity of it mm-hmm. now, i like the intensity of it now there have been attempts in the past to make a 
V-Rock style racing, although they didn't use uh, vintage cars. Uh, why do you think this one is actually successful compared to the past ventures? Well, Tony Perel is just brilliant. The guy who uh, created, who bought SVRA, and when he bought SVRA, he says, I got to do something to uh, to broaden the brand, to 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 uh, and, and increase brand awareness. And that's when he started the Indy Legends event in uh, 2014. And it was just one race. And then it's been one race up until last year, and then it went to um, two races. It was Indy and Virginia. Well, now uh, this year it went Atlanta, uh, Indy, and Virginia. And next year it will be Atlanta, um, Indy, Virginia, and uh, COTA. The uh, U.S. Uh, Grand Prix uh, 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 facility. So he keeps Keep raising the bar up, and the response among the drivers has been uh, phenomenal. They you, love it. You think the fans fans actually uh, relate better to the to the classic race cars than they, than they do the newer cars? Some of the fans enjoy that seeing the. Seeing the the uh, and I'm not and I'm not don't mean to disparage it, but seeing the old pros in in the classic race cars, you think that has a, has a big draw too? Well, I'm one of the old pros, and um, and I think it's both. I think it's mm -hmm. car driver combination. Right. And you know, there's a lot of uh, Mike Skinner fans out there. There's a lot of Al Unser Jr. fans out there. There's a lot of Bodine and Labani fans, not to mention Willie T. Ribs fans. So, um, and Max Pappas. You can go down the line. Right. And next year's lineup is going to be an all-star lineup uh, uh, combination. And uh, don't be shocked if there's not a TV deal behind it. That'd be great. Well, that'd be great. I'm, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to have to try to get to VIR next year and, and take that event in. So, oh yeah, no, it, it's it, it's a great event, and and you know the drivers, we're older, we've lost some feathers. You ever see an old rooster, uh, <laughs> feathers pecked off his head, and yeah, but he still got missing. fight in him. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> might, might, might look might might look might look ugly, but they still want to fight. That's right. That's what you gotta have. All right, Willie. Willie, before we let you go, we're, we're running up against our, our time barrier to let you uh, have dinner with your wife. But I do want to talk to you about, um, uh, like, the state of racing today. I mean, you came up in a time you were running in the Trans Am Series when it was very strong, sanctioned by the SCCA. You ran in the Kart Series, which, you know, at the time that a lot of people today call that the golden era of kart, you know, before the split. Um, so the, the era that you were – uh, you know, racing at the top level. I, well, I mean, what are your thoughts on the state of racing today? You know, a lot of uh, the old timers they don't like spec cars, they don't like this. But uh, I mean, hmm. overall, do you think racing is healthy, or do you think racing needs help? Well, I think Formula One is really healthy. I think they they really they, you know Bernie Ecclestone is is probably the greatest of them all at at at, at creating a a worldwide. Uh, a racing brand. Uh, I would think that you know the innovation, and and it's all based on cost. You know the 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 team owners and the 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 costs of racing is skyrocketed. There's no way that I would have my son Theo 
driving a race car now because the chances of him being competitive is uh, uh, or, or, or making to the top is real tough. There's not <clears throat> one answer in the sport anymore. There used to be four answers in the sport. There's one Andretti. So, so you know, it, it's they're trying to control cost. Uh, it's a spec series for that reason, an IndyCar to control costs and you know sponsors of of uh of set sort of the bar of this is this is what it's going to be and this is how much you're going to get and that's it um i i i just think that the sport has got to have some more personality as well back in mm-hmm. the days when 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 we when i was racing there was aj foyt big personality there was bobby unser big personality there was all these personalities in the sport that uh and in in stock car racing there was Earnhardt senior okay there was bill elliott and there was just great great names that that made the sport exciting well <clears throat> most of these drivers now are corporate scripted Mm-hmm. They don't. There's no fist fights on TV, hardly, if, there, if any. Or maybe some pushing and shoving, right? There's no, there's no die. There's no, no, no sizzle, because yeah. everyone is afraid, and the spot of the sponsors, you know, you know, uh, getting upset. No more personalities. Not like there were. But do you think? That, uh, sorry, quick question. Do you think that in a way? the sport has been a victim of their own success with those personalities. And some of those, like, you know, Dale Sr. is a generational, well, more than a generational character, isn't he? There's never going to be anybody like that again. And the sport lent on him so heavily that when, you know, the accident, the tragic accident happened, they had no fallback. And then, of course, Jude, you know, his son came along and when he's retired, it's sort of that personality, the bottom has fallen out of that, that sort of personality um, you know, set up. Uh, do you think the sports have have lent too much on those personalities? Well, as the sport uh, has broadened and gotten bigger, and the more you know, the more corporate dollars, the 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 safer um, it, it becomes less controversial. All right, the, yeah. the sponsors are paying a lot of uh, big dollars. They want to. They want success, of course, but they want. The scripted, you know, my uh, uh, goodies headache powder Rottweiler dog food <laughs> Chevrolet was brilliant today. Well, you know, come on. Yeah, you no, know, 100% agree. Yeah, 100%. They're, know, more, con- they're more concerned with image. image yeah. than exactly. Image. They're when, more when, concerned when with and their paid. image. You know, mm-hmm. when, when drivers get paid, was it like $500 and in, during an interview every time they take a swig from their Coke bottle or whatever it is? You know. Yeah, and 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 it, and it, and and it becomes almost predictable. Yeah, and and so, um, you know, when 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 uh, Bobby uh, Unser was doing it and AJ was doing it, and you know there was all and James Hunt, classic example. Yeah. <laughs> when, classic example when Hunt was in Formula One, Formula One, and they made a movie about it, him and Lauda. Oh, yeah. Because there was two personalities. But different, yeah. And they were characters. And sports got it. That's what the sport is missing. Yeah, yeah. I agree wholeheartedly. We we've, we've talked about that on on this show time and time again. And, I think, and you know, it's not I just think you're exactly not, right. It's not just racing, is it? Either it's it's everything. 
Well, and it's entertainment. People yeah. want to be entertained. And now we, you know, with with uh, with um, uh, social media and with uh, internet and with cable TV, you know, uh, the attention span is real short these days. <laughs> Especially yeah. with the younger kids. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and, and who's going to sit there and watch the Coke Six Hundred, which lasts three days or whatever it is? You know, yeah, it's it's difficult yeah. to follow even when you're yeah. working on it. Yeah, yeah, you know, you 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 better have some, uh, you know, some some downers, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to, something to to to, to hold your. Uh, you know, you can just sit there and, and just stare at it. Yeah. But, but um, you know, that's where I think the sport is. That's what's really missing. And I and this new group that bought uh, Formula One, Liberty Media, and mm-hmm. and acquired it from uh, Bernie Ecclestone, they they're they're trying to make it entertaining. And they've asked the drivers, "Hey, we we can't. Yeah. You guys can't be aloof anymore. You got to get out and." And uh, kiss babies and hug old ladies, and 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 they're trying to get that. Yeah, they're trying to create that. Yeah, it's it's getting better slowly, isn't it? But it's you know the problem I think with with Form One, how you know when you're inside, you know they often call Form on the goldfish bowl, and that's what it is. You know everybody's it's so hyped up and it's so exaggerated um, that at the end of the day, it's. You know, it's a job for people, and you know, you have 20 guys out there who are arguably, you know, the 20 best race car drivers in the world, but they're still human beings. You know, they're still normal people. That, and I've worked with some drivers pretty closely, and and most of them just, you know, they just want to go out and, you know, on a Saturday night or a Sunday night after the race, they want to go out with the team and have a few drinks and celebrate and have some fun, and it's almost like they're not allowed to do that. Oh no, not with not with iPhones anymore. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. You you unzip that zipper, son. <laughs> and 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 your 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 history. You can't yes. do anything because your uh, uh, TMZ is following you. Yeah, yeah. And you know, they say so they're just you know they're just normal guys. You know, uh, it's like any sport, especially some of the younger ones that they're, they're put in the limelight at a quite a young, young age where and some of them get some pretty bad advice along the way and that uh, they fall off and never to be heard of again, even though they've got a huge amount of talent. Oh, yeah. And and, and in today's world, you, you could be here one day and no one remembers you a week later. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, my and talent and talent has nothing to do with it. Yeah. So no, and no, no, it absolutely doesn't. When, when's the next screening of Uppity? We're yeah, uh, uh, it's going to be at Coda actually. Okay, sweet. It's going to be at Coda at the SVRA weekend, and Tony Perella uh, had so much uh, um, feedback on the screening at, at Virginia uh, last Saturday that he called me today and he says we want can we screen in at coda uh the svra weekend and i told him absolutely all right so now the um the, the dvd can be pre-ordered on uh from the, the distributors chassis ch- chassis c-h-a-s-s-e-y correct no c-a-c-h-a-s-s-y okay dot com 
Chassis dot with a Y. Chassis Chassis with a Y. Chassis with a Y dot com. Yep. So uh, I mean, get your pre-orders in. Uh, I've heard great things about the film. Haven't been able to see it yet. Haven't been able to make a screening. But uh, you know, hopefully, I mean, I wish you the best with the film. It's been received well, from what I hear. Um, and I wish you the best with, um, you know, the uh, SVRA next year. And I really want to thank you for coming on the show. I, I, you know, I know your your wife has dinner on the table, so we should let you go. <laughs> but uh, but again, uh, Willie, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate you, um, and it's, it's been very very fun talking with you. So uh, hope you have a hey, great well, night. Well, anytime, anytime, and thanks, gentlemen, for uh, chiming in and. Hey, we don't, we don't, uh, we we don't pull any punches. <laughs> I tell you what, we'd we'd love to have you back on here again somewhere down the road. Enjoyed it very much. Yeah, anytime. All right, have a good night, sir. Good all right, night. all right, guys, have fun. Thank you, thanks, thank you, you thank you. Cheers, cheers, thanks. All right, fellas. So let's talk about our weekend of racing. Uh, IndyCar was at Laguna Seca for their finale. Um, Colton Herta took the win. Uh, Joseph Joseph Newgarden takes a very uneventful run to eighth place to Soba's championship. Very somebody called it prost like, uh, <laughs> you know, to just to make sure he gets the points to win, which is uh, probably good for Joseph at this juncture right now because he's um, earlier in, earlier in the last couple of races had a couple of you uh, uh, really non prost like moments. We're trying to gain spots at, <laughs> spots at the end of the race there, so. Uh, but for, for Colton Herta, ends the season on the high note. Um, Pagano looked really good at the at the finale. Uh, was trying to dog Scott Dixon at the end. Dixon looked good. He was too far back in the points. But uh, Alexander Rossi, I'm just thinking, what happened? He was just mediocre all day. I, you know, I think I, it. Well, I think tire degradation was a big was a big story and a big part of. Uh, of the race uh, that weekend, I think just several, you know, it, 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 some of the teams did not quite get the tire situation figured out, and I think Rossi was probably one of those that uh, fell victim to that. I mean, but I mean, you know, it's, it's part of the race, and we've talked about this before on the show that you know, tire, you know, you, you know, some some racing series we go to, tire degradation is not a is not a problem, not an issue. Tire management doesn't become an issue, and I think it, I think it. Uh, takes away sometimes, uh, you know, from the race. And I think by having that type of situation, it, it makes the race more compelling to, to, to some degree. But, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a, I thought it was an interesting race. Uh, not a lot of action so much going on up at, up at the top, you know, passes for the lead. But uh, some of the strategy uh, stuff was pretty good. Uh, there was a couple of times when, you know, Will Power had his chance uh, coming out of the, coming out of the pits, almost took the lead. And again, for Scott Dixon as well, and Pagano, when they tried their different pit strategies and come out and almost were able to overtake uh, Herta, you know, coming out of the pits. But it, did, it didn't quite work out because, uh, I mean, he was hooked up and, uh, and, and uh, his car worked perfectly, even on, even on old tires. And you're right, Pagano, uh, he, he made a valiant effort to uh, – to charge to, to get there, but uh, fell, uh, what, some 23, 20, 23 points short. Uh, yeah, 25, uh, 25 points, I think. Yeah, yeah but he's, yeah. yeah it, if, the end of the day. If he'd have been able to get around Dixon and get a shot at Herta, he, yeah. he might have, but he really needed to win. 
you know, considering where yeah. Joseph was running. But, uh, you know, for, for New Garden, you know, hand it to the man. He did what he was supposed to do, stayed calm. Right. And it, it, it's funny, right? Uh, you know, Tim Sidrick said this is the most coaching he's ever had to do. You know what yeah. I mean? Just to tell, Just to tell a guy to be calm, be cool, you're good. Just, just stay there, uh, you know, and because you've got, you know, you're a racer, you got your adrenaline pumped. You wanna, I can overtake this guy, and like Cedric's have to say, nope, just you're good, you're good, you're good, and and ends up with the title. Well, you know, I thought I thought New Garden's uh, demeanor in Victory Lane was was, you know, he he was concerned and thought he was apprehensive during during the race because he thought they thought their strategy was throwing the championship away. And he had to be reassured that, you know, his crew was on top of it. They knew where he needed to be. They knew where the competition was and, and to keep him calm and, and, and as emotional as he was in victory lane, that kind of kind of said it all. Yeah, sure. Because I think he had the, the, the last one he won, he had it wrapped up a little better than he had this one. Uh, yeah, there's a little more drama involved in this one. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, you know, at the end of the day, there wasn't a lot of drama because all he had to do was, you know, he cruised to eighth place. And uh, with Herta in the lead, who's not in the championship battle. Um, so, but let, let's talk about young Colton Herta. So they've uh, they've announced that um, the, the entirety of uh, Harding Steinbrenner Racing is going to be absorbed into Andretti uh, next year. And we've kind of... Uh, Suspected this that the the fifth Andretti car was going to be for Herta, but they're absorbing the whole team. So Harding, Steinbrenner, Colton Herta are all going to be official Andretti cars. They've been unofficial Andretti cars all cars all year. So I, the question I asked myself is now Michael's committed to five full time teams, and I, I'm wondering if that's overextending. Yeah, because right right now. If you look at Michael's performance this year, um, Hunter Ray has been good on and off. Um, Rossi has been the top dog. Uh, Zach Veach and Marco Andretti are holding up the rear. And then, of course, you get Colton Herta in there. Is he? I mean, where is he going to fall in the pecking order? You know, when it, yeah, well, you know, when when it's solely Harding Steinbrenner with Andretti involvement, Herta still number one. But now he's yeah, but, where does he fall in the pecking order? Yeah, but you look at you, you mean you're talking about Andretti consistency even even with uh, Rossi hasn't been you know what it was last year, and and they've been up and down. Both all their teams have been kind of up and down. You know, run good one week, next week not not so much. So yeah, I I, I see where you're going unless they're gonna. You know, if they can get their put all their eggs in the basket as far as engineering and uh, and those type of things, and and and, and lift their overall performance uh, across the board. That's that's one thing you're right, Frank. They got they got to worry about. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to, five five, yeah, five cars is pretty much a quarter of the field. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, think, you know, you know I what I mean. They so find the funding. I think they can. Find oh, sure, the they can. They can find the funding, to, but to op, but to operate the... each team. It's just being able to. Uh, to take those resources and 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 and, and be able to uh, make it work across those five teams, and Richard can probably allude to that a little bit. All right, Richard, allude allude away. I've, I've been accused of many things. Alluding is not one of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's going to be difficult for them. Um, you know, you you know, Penske is a 
arguably the powerhouse of, of um, IndyCar racing for the last, you know, dozen years or whatever it may be. Right, but even um, even even Penske admits the sweet spot is three teams. Exactly. You know, when, so when, when they ran four, they, they, in 2017, I think they had all four cars win. But then they, yeah. they dropped back to three, and Chip yeah. Chip ran four cars for a while, and Chip dropped back to two. So, but Michael yeah. Michael's going to jump up to five. So I think that's too many. I mean, it's the fact that they're absorbing another team makes it easier. Because I imagine I, I don't know what the infrastructure is going to be like. I don't know where the uh, Harding team is based. I don't know if they're based in Indianapolis. I don't know if they're going to. Oh relocate. yeah, yeah, they're on Main Street in Indianapolis. Yeah. Okay. they're they're, they're so not that I, far are from Michael's. Stay at that facility i mean what is the tie-in going to be i think that's the big question yeah really i really, I really don't know that they, they they bought the old oh god i forget whose shop it used to be uh but it but it's right there on main street it, it's you know it's a couple blocks from the track uh, the harding shop yeah, so and and my and in michael's michael's facilities on zionsville road which is like you know kind of up the hill and up the way i mean in the modern you know world that we live in you know there's companies out there that are multinational companies that have offices in every country in the world, and they they sit down and they have you know teleconference meetings every day. So the fact that they're maybe half a mile or whatever from each other, um, I don't think it'd be too much of an issue. Where it could become an issue is resource limited and budget limited. You know who gets the resources um, and the like. Now it's slightly different from some of the other series. It's not like you know Formula One where you see well, this driver's given this new front wing and that driver's got to run the old spec. You know, obviously it's all pretty standard, so you're not going to be having those debates and those arguments. But um, it'll be interesting to see how they get on. I say the fact that they're buying another team with all of their resources and all their equipment and all of their personnel, I imagine, does make it easier. Um, if they were just adding another car to the to the stable... That would be a different story in my in in my opinion, but um, yeah. But if you, if you go back a couple of years, right? So Michael Andretti absorbed the entirety of uh, of uh, Brian Herter Racing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now he's absorbed the entirety of of Harding Racing. <laughs> you know, and he just uh, and at the same time at at, at Michael's shop in Zionsville, <laughs> they also run their um uh the um oh what's it called the uh, the Pirelli Pirelli team. Yep. Early World Challenge yeah, team. Yeah. They also have a little corner of the shop where where John Andretti and Jared Andretti's short track team is located. I mean, do they do they still run the Formula E team? I guess they run that of Europe, though, don't they? I think they run a Formula E team out of Europe. Yeah, but they've got yeah. uh, they've got this their their facility. They're running so much out of here. Um, and and again, you, know, you can be very successful with a multinational corporation with you know have successes in all these different series. But uh, I just don't know if five Indy cars is a stretch because, like I said, if you look at it right now, how many Andretti cars have won races this year? And, mm-hmm. and the answer is one, which is Rossi, yeah. uh, because uh, Herta was not technically a full Andretti car. So I don't know. No. No. So I mean, I, I say. I think if they'd added a brand new team and brand, you know, that would have been a struggle. But the fact that they're buying somebody makes it slightly easier. And obviously, I think where they'll improve is they'll have a sharing of information and a sharing of data. That'll be the biggest thing that um, Herder will benefit from. Certainly, certainly so. All right, so a couple other movements in IndyCar include. Uh, 
Tony Kanaan has said he's got a handshake agreement, nothing signed to stay with uh, A.J. Foyt. Uh, A.J. Foyt is um, looking to retool entirely again for the next year. Again, uh, they're, they're moving forward without the support of ABC Supply, who's been their very loyal sponsor for years. Um, Foyt says he's got a few folks interested. Uh, but again, these guys are, they've been holding up the rear all year long. Um, so I, I don't know what they can do to kind of improve their situation. Uh, but uh, we'll just have to see how that, that all works out. Um, and then anything else is anybody's guess. So uh, uh, IndyCar season is over. Silly season has begun. Um, I don't expect major wholesale changes anywhere. Most of the driver deals have been signed. We still need to keep an eye on that uh, Schmidt-Peterson-McLaren-Spam, whatever you want to call it, team, uh, to see if uh, who's going to be in that second seat. And uh, Connor Daly has been rumored for that. Uh, Nico Hulkenberg was rumored for that until Nico said, I really don't want to race on an oval. Uh, so he took himself out of contention for that. So we'll have to see all that flies out. But uh, let, let's talk about what, what do you guys want to talk about next, NASCAR race or Formula One? One other thing I want to get before we get completely away from IndyCar. Oh. I heard this week that Joseph Newgarden is supposed to do a, uh exhibition. Yes, uh, do ex- yes. Do exhibition laps this weekend at the Roval in Charlotte prior to uh, uh to Friday uh, afternoon after uh, the practice session. Okay. And, ev- cool. and evidently, yeah, evidently, IndyCar has reached out to the management of Charlotte there to uh, a feasibility study for perhaps running IndyCars at the Roval. Um, and they're going to look for whatever feedback Joseph can give them. Although he's just doing some demonstration laps, I, I don't know how much setup he can do for it or whatnot. But uh, I, 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 there, there's a lot. If it, the, yeah, via viability if, if the car goes yeah. through the corners well. I might mean, have heard a few rumblings here and there that the uh, well, I'll tell you, that you know, one, one of those chicanes I, wouldn't work well for an Indy car, but uh, it'd be neat because the fact that that, that it's in a, a, a stadium type venue where you can get fans and then they can see the entire track is a good situation if 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 it if it's feasible for those cars to be able to run there so yeah you know um i would think they probably could uh you know if they can run richmond or or iowa short a shorter venue they could possibly run a shorter tighter uh road course uh, twos, but it, well, certainly, yeah, and, and of course, Charlotte, um, Charlotte is a big market for auto racing fans, and the when the Indy Racing League ran at Charlotte in, I think, 97 to 99, they, they put up good crowds, you know, unfortunately, there was the tragedy uh, mm-hmm. with the tire flying into the stands, which, <clears throat> but, uh, you know, maybe this is the answer, and, and uh, there's a lot of, like, whispers that maybe this is going to be the the NASCAR IndyCar doubleheader will happen at the Roval in 2021. But, again, that's – I mean, that's connecting too many dots that aren't there yet. So well, Now, something I do want to say real quick, uh, at least the front stretch chicane uh, is mainly there so that way the NASCAR stock cars, uh, if they ever actually needed to use them, had the option of the rain tires. Now, as you were saying, some of the chicanes might be 
a little too narrow for IndyCar. The backstretch chicane has actually been changed. Yes, they, now they, they proper chicane. Yeah, they widened it yeah. to 54 feet and put a safer barrier on one side, so that's fine for IndyCar. Mm-hmm. Well, so, it, what you I'm know, saying is the front stretch one is essentially optional, uh, depending on the series. They don't have to absolutely use it. No, they can blow yeah, right I'm, by it, yeah. Yeah, I, I wish he would. They would let him run instead of running prior in a practice. It'd be neat if they did it, you know, in front of the front of the masses there uh, to kind of you know wet their appetite a little bit did well, it prior to the race. You know, I came up with a suggestion. Why isn't he the pace car leading the field at the start of the race? Yeah, because he's That'd got be absolutely no race. setup data to. You know what I mean? Hey, yeah, you want to have like, are, are they are they going to give him like a full? Uh, here's here's my question, and maybe Gray, you know, maybe Seth, you know, um, are they going to give him a full proper testing day before running these demonstration well, laps, or is he going to go out there cold? Well, if uh, they're giving him a demonstration day, since it was announced yes uh, on Tuesday this week, and he's running these laps on Friday. It would have to be either Wednesday, the day we're recording, Thursday, the day the fans are going to hear us, or it's going out cold on Friday. All right, so I have, but have you heard anything? I have not heard okay. a thing. So the, he's, although, he's just going to go out there and navi- although, navigate the car at probably reduced speed. So, well. He could go around that half throttle and still lead pace laps at the start of the race. Certainly, although, certainly, yeah. Uh, I do know uh, that... Several people were at the track today, uh, including Jeff Gordon, Jordan Taylor, and others for uh, some event, which I don't know exactly what that event was, but it's interesting that you had people from NASCAR, from sports cars, and from IndyCar there all at the same time. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure that, that, that they're looking, you know, for uh... – Different ways to employ that uh, that roval situation, and I'm sure you know uh, the WeatherTech series is 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 another one that's not you know is, is on their radar to probably. And like I said, it's a great venue in that you've got a stadium style thing. It's not like a natural terrain road course where where the seating is all spread out and and you got people you know miles wow. away from one another. You can sit right there in one central location and pretty much see the whole track. I would say it's a, almost like a more compact version of Daytona and its yeah. rivals. Uh, that being said, it was this race last year that talk of a doubleheader between NASCAR and the WeatherTech Series IMSA uh, first started, specifically with this Roval. But at that time, they mm. were saying the... Uh, and when I say a doubleheader, it would more than likely be just the DPI uh, division and NASCAR, or maybe just the GT division. That being said, uh, the backstretch chicane last year was always, quote, temporary because the Speedway was didn't have enough time, essentially, to go and make a proper one. A, and B, they weren't sure how to go about it at first. They admitted this, essentially. So with driver feedback, taking data from last year, they went and remade the backstretch chicane to what it is now. All right. So, guys, I'm going to tell you this. 
We got six minutes left in the show. So if you want to talk about the NASCAR race and have some time for Formula One, let's do it. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. Uh, pulled a Danny Sullivan, essentially spun and won. Yes, he did, and, and gosh, his reaction in the victory lane was was precious. That was, and uh, the Cup Series had its first disqualification. Eric Jones. So, how does that affect his uh, standing in, in, in the in the playoffs? He, he went from being 15 points outside of the cutoff, just needing a decent day at the Roval, to now being 45 points behind the cutoff and needing to win at the Roval. Okay, so his season is likely done unless he wins at the Roval. Correct. Correct. Okay, so uh, we're heading off to the Roval. Um, who do you guys like for the Roval? I mean, uh, was it uh, Blaney? Blaney won last year after yeah. Jimmy Johnson ran very well. Um, who do you guys like for the Roval? Uh, this one's kind of a crapshoot. Uh, I'm going to go with someone who's been good on road courses, and he, I think he'll sweep the first round of the playoffs, Martin Drooks Jr. Yeah. All right, Gray, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to say Kyle Busch. He, he tried to rebound a little bit from some bad luck uh, last weekend. Good good finish at uh, Richmond. I think uh, I think he, he'll he'll want to uh, win it, and then if uh, if he does, I think that will uh, – he's won on every racetrack configuration that we currently run in NASCAR. Uh, you know, so if he wins the Roval, that'll pretty much – he's won at Charlotte. 600, but he hadn't won on the Roval, so that'll pretty much uh, uh, make a clean sweep of all the current tracks on the circuit. All right, Richard, who do you like? I was going to say Martin Truex, but let's go with Clint Boyer. Okay, I was going to say Clint Boyer. <laughs> so, uh, I'm trying to think who you leave me for uh, good road course ringers. Um, uh, anyway, I, yeah, I want to say I want to go. I want to go back to your comment from a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Jimmy Johnson goes ahead and wins one uh, when he hasn't won all year and missed the playoffs. And uh, so Jimmy Johnson. So let's talk about Formula One for about five minutes. Richard, Sebastian, Sebastian Vettel. Yep. Finally took that win. So. Let's talk about it. Singapore, not to Yas Marina, as you said earlier in the show. Yes, uh, I realize that. that. I won't mention it. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> it was Ferrari's third one in, the, in a row, first time that in the, this is 2008, I believe. Uh, great, you know, great showing, great performance there. They they sort of upset the odds there a little bit. Everybody expected Mercedes and Red Bull to be back in uh, winning ways. So Singapore wasn't necessarily a power circuit, but Ferrari bought some updates, especially to the front wing and the nose of the car. Really found that little bit of extra grip and uh, went out in there and did the business. Charles Leclerc probably should have won the race, um, probably had the faster car uh, compared to uh, his teammate, but um, his strategy call didn't work in his favour, really. Uh, he was quite critical of the Ferrari team on his radio. As it turned out, a little bit unfair, really. Um, yeah, let's, let's talk about that because they wanted to, yeah, so they wanted to un- undercut Hamilton. They were covering Max Verstappen okay. with Sebastian Vettel and inadvertently undercut um, Leclerc. So it, was, it wasn't it was a deliberate ploy to get Seb ahead of Leclerc there. It just happened because they covered um, they covered Verstappen, I believe. And, and with the speed differential there, it's like, oh, 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 yeah, oops. Uh, sorry about that, Charles. <laughs> um, didn't see that one coming. 
So it was, a, it was a little bit of, you know, victim of circumstance rather than anything malicious within the Ferrari team to get uh, Seb out there ahead of uh, Leclerc. But I'll say this, you know, Seb, you know, Vettel's had his uh, critics this season. I think he's probably been quite critical of himself as well. You know, he's made mistakes that you saw in Monza and Canada and places like that. But, you know, good grief. He cut through those, I mean, the work back markers, they were just because of the way the pit sequences worked. He he really got through those uh, cars ahead of him exceptionally well. I mean, admittedly they were slower, uh, but Singapore's not an easy place to overtake. And I think Leclerc came out of the pits like maybe a second, half a second behind uh, Vettel. And by the time Vettel and Leclerc both cleared the slower cars, Vettel was five seconds ahead. So you know he's got to take a huge amount of credit for the way he he cut through those back markers and. To my mind, for that reason alone, he deserved to win the race. All right, good. I appreciate your fast talking. So uh, where are we off to next in Formula <laughs> One? Uh, yeah, we're off to Sochi in Russia this weekend. Okay, uh, so who do we like for Sochi? I mean, that's that. I, I, I want to say that's a good Red Bull track. Mm, it's a couple of really long straights there. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, that's the great thing. About it, you know, everybody thought Singapore would be Red Bull's track, and it wasn't. They were the slowest of the big three. So, who knows? You know, the um, Ferrari looked pretty damn strong right now. You know, I, I think it's too late for either of those two to make a real championship push this year. But um, yeah, I think Hamilton's got it in the bag. But I, I certainly think that you know it's going to be one of those two guys that's going to win the race, and you know, you'd have to go for Leclerc. I think the guy's driving fantastically right now. All right. Now, Gray, who do you like for uh, Sochi? Oh gosh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, Battle. You know, he gets he gets two in a row. And let me ask him: Aren't some upgrades due to teams this week? Uh, next race? Uh, potentially, yeah. I mean, it's getting to that stage of the season now where some of the teams will be parking it for 2019 and moving on to 2020 spec already. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if Mercedes haven't wound down on their challenger for 2019 because they've got the championship in the bag in reality. They don't need to push any development for this year. They'll probably be already moving on to 2020 already. So some of the teams that have a fight on in terms of, uh, you know, the, the midfield slots may bring some upgrades. But I don't think any of the big teams are really going to bring anything okay. major. All right. So I mean, at the end of the day, the cut, no two cars are the same week to week. There's always little tweaks and little arrow clicks, and sometimes you'll see something bought back that you saw three or four years ago that they tested and, you know, at the time could never get worked properly, and then they suddenly bring it back, and it's like, oh, wow, this works now. It's great. Okay. Richard, I did tell you we're out of time, right? No. Okay. Uh, we're out of time. Seth, who do you like for who do you like for uh, Russian, Russian Grand Prix? Uh, let's just go with both house. Okay. So that leaves me with Lewis Hamilton. Gosh, why do I always get stuck with Lewis Hamilton? That guy never wins a race. So, you know what? I want to thank you, Gray. I want to thank you, Seth, Richard. I want to thank the Hoobazoo Radio Network, Spreaker, iHeartRadio. I want to thank Willie T. Ribs for coming on the show. That was very entertaining. Hey, that was. That was a great, he's a great guest. I yeah, yeah, that. yeah. So hopefully he'll come back on and join us again. So, uh, But but uh, until next week, folks, you know, enjoy the races. Talk to you in a week. Good night. Enter your website, enter your website, enter your website, enter your website.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.